Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshite. All right, so here we are. Uh, actually, it's really cool today. We get to be in person again. Yay! Woo! So, and we're using a different setup today. So if the if the sound sounds a little wonky or different or maybe even better, it's we're on a completely different system because I forgot my computer. And mine had a fight with a glass of water. And lost. And lost. <laughs> and lost. <laughs> lost that fight with a glass of water. So it'll just be what it is. I'm going to do my best on the back end to sound edit and all of those things. But uh, in point of fact, I am, uh, we're together in the same room on the same couch uh, chatting with you all on the other end of this microphone. So welcome to another episode of this fun thing we call the Misfit Messengers podcast. Now, do you have any idea what episode it is? 40 something. 42 maybe? 43? Something like that. All right. I don't know. It's a lot of weeks. We're almost almost to our year mark. Well, no, two, I guess 10 more weeks is still a lot of time. I mean, relatively. Give it. Give We're going to make it. Well, yeah. The question is, how long past that do we go? Well, we always said when we run out of things to say, and Lord knows that ain't going to happen. So, um, But anyway, we're excited that you're here and listening again to our, our conversation. So this episode will release the Friday before Palm Sunday. Yep. And so we wanted to kind of talk about... Palm Sunday and some other things that we've been chatting about and kind of mulling over. And, you know, it's one of those things when you get together in the same room, things are a little bit different in the conversation. One, we can spend a little bit more time together than we can on Zoom. A lot of times we get together and we were just to record the podcast and then we got to go on our separate ways because we got stuff to do. We planned an afternoon to kind of hang out and talk and catch up and all of those things. So we've been doing that and we've had an, an excellent discussion just amongst the two of us about Palm Sunday and some other things in the Gospels that we're both kind of reading and looking at right now. And so we're going to bring some of that into the conversation today with you guys. Um, but if you, you know, listen to this in the co- in the time that it's been released, on the day it's released, then on Sunday will be Palm Sunday. So yeah. Palm Sunday is kind of a big deal. Well, it's not the biggest deal, but it's a big deal in the church calendar anyway, kind of. I think it's a thing that I, me personally, like, Forget about. <laughs> like, oh, that's right. Palm Sunday. Yeah. Uh, it's it's the beginning. The It's it's the, the processional towards Holy Week. Right. Well, and it's such an interesting transition of the of what ha- is happening in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Right. Palm Sunday. The whole city is, is excited. He Jesus rides into town, into Jerusalem on a donkey. They're laying their cloaks down, their palms down. They're praising the Lord. Yep, Hosanna, calling, Hosanna. That, that's where we get the term Son of David from. Yep, Son of David. David. Um, they're excited. It is like festival uh, to the nth degree. They're all excited about this Jesus guy entering the town. And just one week later, not even five days later, he's on a cross. Being killed. That was a bummer. Kind of changes... <laughs> well, kind of changes the perception in just a short time. But So let's uh, let's go to scripture, because that's always a good and healthy thing you should guys could do. Which, um, are we going to look at it in Luke? I'm already in Luke. It's Luke 19. Yep. 25. Okay. You got it? You want to read it? Sure. I'm reading... I got NIV. Okay. Um, so... He had just given some, we had just had Zacchaeus. He's just giving um, some more parables. And so it says, after he had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. 
As he approached um, Bethphage at Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples saying, Go ahead to the village ahead of you, and then you enter it, you'll find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks, why are you untying it? Tell them that the Lord needs it. So I'm going to skip ahead. They find the they find it. <laughs> um, they brought it to Jesus. They threw their cloaks on the colt. I'm on um, 36 now. Mm-hmm. Put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near to the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the name of the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in highest heaven, glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he said, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. And as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he wept over it, saying, If you even you had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but it is now hidden from your eyes. The days will come when you, when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and harm you on every side. They will dash you to the ground and your children within your walls, and they will not leave one stone on another, because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. There you go. So, so, so Jesus is not as excited. And it's kind of, so a little bit before this, I am... Um, in my congregation, I told you I'm I'm in Second Samuel. We've talked a little bit about that. Yeah, we actually have just come from when the Ark returns. Oh, yeah. And uh, David big procession. So into Jerusalem, and the people are praising God and throwing their coats down. Yep. For the Ark to pass over it, mm-hmm. and then um, right after that comes the Davidic covenant, mm-hmm. which a son of David will reign forever and then you're seeing this kind of thing with son of david and yeah. laying the coats and lots of parallels dancing yeah mm-hmm. anyway that's just something well and and the whole story of david dancing before the ark uh barely clothed and his wife getting very cranky with him about that that's a whole that's, that's a different story and i will gosh i will mention the fact that i had to actually use my bifocals to read this bible oh they're there <laughs> Yep, I'm. Anyway, uh, I had I had a hip problem earlier. So, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I mean, I'm not one to be cast in. Yeah, judgment. On I'm just saying. Women. I don't normally need to use my bifocals, and now I need them, and so that's not a that's not a triumphant entry into a, another stage of life. <laughs> that's just an entry. It's not triumphal. <laughs> what is the opposite? What's an antonym of triumphal? Doesn't matter. Uh, Begrudging? <laughs> no. no. It doesn't matter. Anyway, if you guys come up with one, uh, go ahead and email it to us. That'd be great. So Jesus enters into the city of Jerusalem on a colt, uh, donkey. So again, the contrast here, the point of the donkey or the colt, this, it is not a war horse. Right. He is not coming as a conquering king. He's coming, honestly, as... As a pe- bringer of peace. Right. I'm trying to remember. Into it's also for a prophecy. Was it, is, yes, it's some... Um, uh, Ezekiel? No, Zechariah, no, Ze- I believe. Okay. Yeah, that was, yeah, I think that's in Matthew's version. Zechariah 14.4. Oh, look, see those notes that they give you? Oh, those? that's... Yeah, it's helpful. Right there. Yeah, um, <laughs> Bibles with all the extra little things. Helpful. So Jesus enters the city, and the first thing he does... What's the first thing he does? He <laughs> weeps over Jerusalem, yeah, right? So we, he's... We everyone's that. like happy and Yay! he's like and he's like and he and no. I'll, I, as he approaches he starts to cry we don't see that in pictures 
Right. Right? But he starts to weep over it, saying, yeah. like, today begins your undoing. <laughs> right, right. Almost. Because um, it does. And the, and the fact is that he's weeping over Jerusalem because they just don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not seeing the truth before your eyes. You're not understanding the whole point of my and, being here. And this thing here, he says... If you had only known what would bring you peace. Yeah. And and we were talking a a little bit about um, sin, uh, (laughs) as we do when we get together, but about uh, the the response of a Christian towards sin. And and a lot of it is, gosh, if you only knew what would bring you peace. And if we only, yeah, would would have our eyes opened to the truth. Right. But Jesus doesn't come with a passive peace. No, I mean, because, no, Jesus, I, we, did we talk about this or did I, Jesus, the, the only way to get real peace is to disrupt false peace. Is that something we've talked about? No, but I like that. Okay. That must have been in my well, be, area yeah. of my talking <laughs> somewhere. The only way, to, I'm, yeah. the only way to get real peace yeah. is to disrupt false peace. Right. I agree. And I didn't make, I heard that from somebody. I'm just putting it in here. Well, it's brilliant. In whoever my it is. brain. Good job, whoever you are who came up with that. You're right, because false peace isn't true, isn't real peace at all. Isn't, right. isn't everlasting avoid, peace. Usually voidism or stuff, whatever. Right. Or even just a false sense of security. Right. You know, um, you know, you can be, have a false sense of security while your basement is flooding if mm-hmm. you haven't bothered to go to the basement to look. Mm-hmm. Right. You can have mold growing in a back corner of your storage room that you you have a false sense of peace and security, but you don't realize this thing is growing right. in a nook and cranny that you don't visit often enough, mm-hmm. right? And our hearts can get the same way, right? If we're not looking, if we're not making sure that we're taking a good, hard look at our life, mm-hmm. we can have all sorts of false peace, false serenity, false ease of our life if we're mm-hmm. just oh i'm just not gonna look at it right. and if i don't look at it then it doesn't exist i'm just gonna brush did, those things under the did rug did i ever tell you about my uncle in the septic tanks no <laughs> <laughs> i this... forget where i tell things anyway fair okay so i have an uncle and he's it's like good. i have a lot of uncles actually yeah. um so do i my grandparents didn't have enough tv so <laughs> kids. anyway uncle <laughs> And he is, he is a kind of like MacGyver type. Okay. Now he is a really quiet man, but you put, um, machinery in front of him and he will fix it. Okay. Or make it better or whatever. So his job actually travels all over the world, fixing things in major factories. Okay. So he'll like go to be in Egypt one week and they'll just, he doesn't need to know the language. He just will look at the machine and fix it. That's just what he does. Okay. Sounds awesome. Well, anyway, um, his neighbors were having um, this septic issue. So he lives kind of out in a farmish type area, but in that in this farm area are like these four farmhouses that live kind of intersecting, like four pillars on a corner. Okay, okay. and their pipes all kind of run to this one main big septic thing underneath. Okay. And this one person, their sewage kept backing up. Um, and it was just one house. But what happened was it turned out that the other 
other people had put in newer pipes than them. Mm. And so it was pushing everything in the septic tank back up into theirs. Okay. So he said, well, you can... So he, so the option was, you can also get these new pipes, which is actually going to make a centrif- whatever big force that all four are now pushing into each other, mm-hmm. which is going to cause the entire system to crack. Okay. Right? Because there's too much pressure all going into one. Okay. Pushing up, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how to... This is just how it was explained to me. Okay. So he said, the only thing that you're going to have to do is actually is if all four of the houses remove the whole system and build something better. Ah. Because their literal and figurative crap was pushing up into other people's because they weren't doing the hard work that was affecting the neighbors. Mm. They were only doing things to make their stuff better at the expense of their neighbors. But eventually that whole system was going to crack. Absolutely. Everybody was going to be floating in their own stuff pretty soon. And so the one neighbor had to go and convince the other neighbors for the betterment of all. They actually have to rip out everything. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it was, <laughs> but I thought, oh, isn't that interesting how we, um, you know, into our own lives mm-hmm. and figuratively, like not doing the hard stuff individually and communally right. and not wanting to, um, disturb whatever the communal, whatever. <laughs> right. I'm just going to work on me. Yeah, I'm just going to work on me and let things be what they're going to be. And and not realizing that there's more than just you. There's Yeah, and in order sometimes to make things better, you have to destroy what's already there. Even if it's working for some people. Right, because it's not necessarily working for everybody. Right. And it might actually be working really good for, in this case, three quarters of the people. Mm-hmm. But it's really, really, really not working for the one quarter of the people. Mm-hmm. That that could we could go down a rabbit hole with that. But it actually, while you were talking about that, makes me think of ancient ancient times with the way they would ha- grow their vineyards. Mm-hmm. They would grow on these terraced land, and you would have like one section of the terrace. But if you, if your wall crumbles. Or your neighbor's wall above you crumbles, what happens? Right. It's going to affect it's, all of them. Yeah. The water's going to come down. It's going to wash everybody down the hill away. So you want to make sure your wall is stable, mm-hmm. but you also want to make sure that your neighbor's wall is stable. Mm-hmm. And if you saw a picture of it, it'd be even ev- like, oh yeah, this makes perfect sense, but it's a terrace stepladder system. So you make sure that your wall is good to go, but you also have to make sure your neighbor's walls are good to go. And I think sometimes in American culture, we're so focused on me that we forget about the we. Mm-hmm. And that's really cliche, and I don't mean to be cliche, but we we do this Christian thing not just as single individual people. We're not islands. I think there's a song about that. <laughs> but uh, but we are a, a community of faith. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if, if it's not working for all of the people, then maybe... Because sometimes there is a fix if we all want to work hard enough to get it. Mm-hmm. And it make the investment because it's not just hard work. In that case, there was some money involved. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different thing when it's right. Doesn't so, necessarily, yeah. So Jesus is coming in. Yes, right? so back to <laughs> it. May fuck to stay with us, friends. I promise. We're coming it, back around. Well, I'll try to come back around. We're trying. I have a point. I promise. It started out that way. 
Uh, <laughs> Jesus is coming. He's weeping over the city. And he's weeping about their lack of peace, right? Yep. And so sometimes we see, we do Palm Sunday and all the kids are running around going, Hosanna, Hosanna, right? And yep. we usually have a praise dance where something lovely is happening. Um, we don't really imagine Jesus weeping, um, although that's what's happening. But like, what is what is his first action? Now, I like Luke's account I just read in because it jumps straight to it. I think in yeah. one of the accounts... He, ta- he he rests for the evening. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because um, I think that's yeah how it happened. But I like the jump into it. But it's but either way, his first or his first thing that he does is goes straight to the temple area. So he comes in. Everyone's saying Hosanna. He's all about um, helping them to understand this peace thing. Which really is kind of all of Holy Week, I think, is the manifestation of peace in like the most roundabout, crazy um, way that you wouldn't think it would happen, like, you know, with a brutal murder and trials and such things. But, but well, it, because Jesus brings peace. Yes. At the end of all that and the resurrection. Right. Like, our putting our faith in Jesus, he brings us peace. Right. But he does it by breaking apart their false peace. Absolutely. And the first thing he does is go straight to the temple. And if you've ever, um, you know, hardcore Jesus, <laughs> punk, punk rock Jesus here, he entered the temple area and began driving out those who were selling, saying, it is written, he said to them, my house will be a house of prayer and you've made it a den of robbers. Um, and this one doesn't talk about him flipping him over, but he flips it over, runs the... Yeah, I think that was John. Um, runs um, all the people out. It says, every day he was teaching at the temple, but the priests, teacher of the law, leaders were trying to kill him, yet they could not find any way to do it because all of the people hung on his words. Well, and as we talked about before we, we jumped on here, he, uh, it might be in the first, the f- like John 2 or 3, because he goes to the temple twice in John to flip the tables. But... Um, Jesus made his decision ahead of time when he was, he had the whole plan, right? We, a lot of times I don't make very good plans. My friends will attest to that. But he made it, made it, made his mind up before he was even going to enter the, into the temple that this is how, this is what I'm going to do. He was so distraught over how the people were treating the temple. Think about what, what, what was the temple? Well, it was his father's house. Mm-hmm. Right, so they have taken his father's house, which was intended to be a holy place, a place where they could meet his father at the Holy of Holies, make their sacrifices, commune with their their God in heaven. And what are they doing? They've made it into a... Well, they were robbing the poor, too. They're making mm-hmm. the poor, the poorest of the poor, unable to worship. Correct. Like, I don't know any churches that ever try to rob the poorest of... Anyway, that's not today's conversation. <laughs> But, but for those of you who didn't catch it, that was sarcasm. <laughs> but that, but what they're doing is, is they are they're saying, so you bring what you have, right? The best of what you have. They would look at it and say, oh, that's not the best. That you can't have that. Um, here, why don't you, you know, that this one is. I'm trying to find it. John two thirteen. 
but yeah so so they're saying you know this sheep you brought isn't good enough it's blemished in this way here you have to buy one of ours and and not only that the temple ran on its own currency so you have to like turn in your money for like a really crappy exchange rate and buy the thing we have just so that you could have could worship god yep and and it was and it was a money making racketeering thing and kind of open about it but they're like it's the only way you can worship god so what are you gonna do about it right well and for some people who were going a long distance to get to the temple for a festival some of that made some sense right you're not gonna if you're if you're traveling a week's time your your sheep which might have been unblemished when you started out on the journey might not have remained unblemished right Mm -hmm. but so it made sense for the temple to actually sell or offer items for for purchase to be used. However, huh? John twelve is the triumphal entry. Yeah, but it doesn't have. Uh, right. Doesn't have the one you're ta- thinking about is in Luke twelve or Luke two, when he cleanses the temple there. But anyway, I think John puts it at the beginning to make the the story more dramatic. His gospel. Anyway, uh, we're as we're uh, flipping pages in scripture, uh, we're still getting back to the point of Jesus cleanses the temple when he enters Jerusalem because he was distraught and upset about the fact that these people were using, misusing the temple and what its purposes were. That temple was supposed to be a house of prayer for all nations. That's what it says in Jeremiah. And so they had made it into a den of robbers. You got it there? I found it. Yeah, that's good. Anything more you want to add on that? No, I think we want to good segue into your thing we're talking about that he had a plan, right? Jesus, he was he had a plan of what he was going to do, and Jenny, when we when we first got together, you were talking about a verse that you've been thinking yeah. on, um, and I think it's a good segue because we're, we can talk a little bit more about how that relates into this um, Holy Week time. Yep. So. I have been really, really reading through the Gospels quite extensively during this Lenten period, but I uh, re-listened through. I've actually been using an audio Bible uh, so that I can get more read through in a day or more listened through in a day. Uh, But I was rereading through the Gospel of Luke, and in Luke 21, uh, verse 14, this is what it says in the ESV version. Luke 21, 14, it says, Settle it therefore in your minds not to meditate beforehand how to answer. Now, the context of this is Jesus is, is giving this teaching or this encouragement to the disciples saying, Look, you're going to get arrested at synagogues. You're going to get thrown into prison for my name. This is going to happen. So for example, it says in verse 12, but before all this, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you to synagogues and prisons. And you will be brought before kings and governors for my name. This will be your opportunity to bear witness. And then the 14, the verse that I, I've been meditating on, settle it therefore in your minds, not to meditate beforehand how to answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. If we decide beforehand, and it's not just what we will answer when people question, but if we decide beforehand that I'm not going to let my temper get a hold of me in a conflict, or I'm going I'm to settle in my mind beforehand given X situation that I'm going to say quiet until the Holy Spirit speaks. Jesus tells the disciples they can do that thing. 
they can settle it in their heart, settle it in their mind beforehand. I'm going to not talk until the Holy Spirit speaks for me. I'm going to make sure that I give space for the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit needs to do in a given situation. Think through that for a second. You don't have to be in the midst of a circumstance to then figure out how I'm going to handle something. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons, um, one of the other kind of emphasizing parts to this verse came actually in the tragic uh, shooting in Nashville at the Covenant School. Um, they had decided beforehand by training what they were going to do if there were to be an active shooter. And because of their training and because of their their foresight, as much as we don't want to think ahead of what might happen, they made up their mind beforehand. This is how we're going to do this. And I think because of that, a, a tragedy was, it still happened, but it was a lot less horrible than it might have been. Um, and anytime we have something that happens in our life that's unexpected. Certainly we can't think of every possibility, but if we make up our minds ahead of time that whatever may happen in my life, whether it's a relationship challenge, a financial challenge, an unexpected medical diagnosis, an unexpected geographical move, an unexpected set of circumstances, I'm going to make up my mind beforehand that through any and all circumstances, I'm going to follow the Holy Spirit's guide. Now, is that an end-all be-all? No, because we're humans and we're fickle. And But I think it helps us to have the right posture and mindset to begin. Hmm. Yeah, and with, with Jesus, like, what, you see that a lot with Jesus during this whole week. Now, his disciples yeah. are a little bit of a different of a different story. I think they were kind of a little bit even going along for the ride. But Jesus really did resolve himself of... He knew what he was going to be right. doing. He knew when he walked into that temple and started flipping stuff over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and not even that. So then, you know, it, if I hope I'm not giving any spoilers. Okay. You can go. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jesus gets arrested, right? He gets beaten, um, made, you know, um, cruelly mocked with the, with the dirty... Uh, robe and the crown of thorns and flogged and put on this mock trial where they had hired people to slander Jesus. Yep. And um, Jesus' own followers have deserted him. And he's standing before Pontius Pilate. Um, and I'm going to, from John uh, 19. And when Pilate, you know, Pilate asked him, where do you come from? And he asked Jesus, but Jesus gave him no answer. He says, do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said, don't you realize I have power either to free you, to crucify you? And Jesus said, you have no power over me if it weren't given to you from above. Therefore, the only one who handed me over to you is the one guilty of the greater sin. And then Jesus, that's really the only thing that yeah. Jesus says in his whole trial. The rest of the time, he's just silent. Right. Which is... An even greater response to say, I, right, He his wrestling came in the Garden of Gethsemane. For now, he's just resolved that this is. Right. And it's interesting, one, that used that use, word resolved, because I always think back to Luke 9, um, where it says, oh, 
I gotta get back down to the verse. It skipped ahead. I'm on my phone. Verse 51 uh, of Luke 9, it says, As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Oh, oh! That wasn't even on purpose. No. <laughs> but, and that's the thing. And and his being quiet, think about the, the testimony of silence. Yeah. I have a hard time with that. In fact, back when I worked uh, for the grocery store, I remember getting a, uh, a visit. We Every so often you get like a district supervisor or whatever come mm-hmm. in and just look around and give you some ideas or like, mm-hmm. hey, some new new things are coming down the pike sometime soon. And I would always get defensive. Mm-hmm. Like I had to justify how I was doing it maybe differently than he was suggesting. He's like, Jenny, calm down. You don't need to defend yourself. I'm just telling you these are some alternative ways you could do it and other stores are doing it. It's not that you're doing it wrong or bad. Don't get defensive. Jesus didn't get defensive. He just didn't say anything at all. Whereas I feel like I have to always justify my actions or justify the decision. Even if the person isn't attacking or isn't questioning, they're just Mm -hmm. giving advice maybe or just just talking, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like I have to justify what I'm doing. And Jesus tells his disciples, look, you don't have to justify anything. Mm -hmm. Make it, make the determination, resolve... (laughs) resolutely <laughs> to let the Holy Spirit speak on your behalf, to give yeah. you the words that you need to need to have. Mm-hmm. And then if any circumstances come up where your old you would just start blabbling like an idiot like me, maybe you aren't I, like me. I, I mean, me too. But <laughs> <Let> me <know. laughs> yeah, it's just, just shush. Shush and let the Holy Spirit do, his, do, do the Holy Spirit's thing. That's why God gave the Holy Spirit to us. Mm-hmm. And I think... Jesus had a plan for that week. He knew he was resolved about it. He understood what his job was. He understood that there wasn't going to be anything that was going to set him off course with that. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we let things in the world set us off course from Jesus Mm -hmm. because we aren't resolved Mm -hmm. to let the Holy Spirit be our guide. Right. And we were talking about this, you know, Jesus's response versus, for example, Peter's, right? Well, Peter, so if you know, Jesus is in his mock trial. Peter is outside in the crowds and someone recognizes him and kind of by his, some say by, maybe they saw him at one of the miracles or they definitely recognized him by his Galilean accent, which is like, why is a Galilean here? Oh, it must be with the Galilean on, you know, or the entourage with Jesus. One of those dudes, right? And so it says, weren't you with him? And he denies it, right? He panics. And denies Jesus three times, even to the point of cursing him. Right. You know, and uh, th- that is something that he did not resolve. Right. For the, right. And, you know, we, he gets redeemed through all those things. So, but that impulsivity. Right. He did not make his mind up beforehand. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, uh, you know, someone who, go. you know, I remember going to a party in college and resolving beforehand, I wish I could say I did this all the time, but resolving beforehand, I'm not going to drink at this party because I knew that I needed to be the designated driver for friends who were going to drink. Now, I'm not saying nothing crazy happened, friends, and I'm not going to go into details because I don't need to, but I just had made the decision beforehand that the answer to the question was going to be no. No, thank you. I don't need that. And I think if we did that more... And just make that resolution. make And not like a New Year's resolution that you break on day two, okay? Not like that. Well. 
or yeah. day three? We, uh, that, that, at least I made it that far. Three? Three days? Okay. <laughs> no, I did not. That's a lie. <laughs> I don't make New Year's resolutions for that exact reason. I don't even know. Anyway, <laughs> off topic, off topic. Continue. Um, but decide beforehand that you're going to let the Holy Spirit do his thing. And that helps. And there is a peace, really, yeah. that back comes with it. Yeah. Back to peace. Back to peace. Back to peace. We did it. Peace. Um, but there is, when you let Jesus say, you know what? Um, I am resolved that I know who God is. I know where I am. I know that this situation is probably temporary, right? I know whatever, whatever the, the, the false peace that has set in that needs to be broken or the calming of the storm that needs to happen, whatever peace needs to happen. Right. Jesus tackled all of them. Right. And so we can allow him to, you know, fortify in us. Right? Yeah. That kind of thing. Absolutely. To say, I know that the Holy Spirit's going before. I'm going to go and prepared. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to allow my emotionalism to take hold. I'm not going to allow my default mechanism of running away or being defensive or whatever mm-hmm. it is. I'm going to resolve to choose not to do those things and to give it over. Right. And the fact that Jesus says, I'm back to the NIV on this. Again, Luke 21, 14. But make up your mind... Not to worry beforehand how you defend mm-hmm. yourselves. To me, that's, you can make up your mind. <laughs> so when I, when I got the call to officership, after I said, finally said yes, after way too long saying no, I made up my mind that however it was going to turn out, because our lives, you walk into a little bit of, a lot of bit of uncertainty, right? We don't know where we're going to go. When we're going to go, we just know that God is working there Mm -hmm. and in us and with us and through us. But you can make up your mind beforehand Mm -hmm. that no matter where, when, how, why, whatever, fill in the blanks, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit do the Holy Spirit's thing. Mm -hmm. And so you can have peace in every step of the way, just trusting that I made up my mind beforehand Mm -hmm. That I'm going to trust in the Lord through every bit of this crazy ride I call officership. Or I made up my mind beforehand when I married my spouse that we're going to work through every Mm -hmm. fill in the blank. And to me, if Jesus says make up your mind beforehand or or set in your hearts beforehand or however your translation works it out, then that means it's possible. Mm -hmm. And then that means... I should be doing it mm-hmm. or I can be doing it. And you actually see the shift in Peter when you go through the book of Acts, which I'm not going to turn to now, yes. but you do see that shift when yep. he gets and, and he has to go before some yep. scary people. And all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden he's preaching eloquent verbiage. This uneducated fisherman keeps getting yeah. brought up as he, well, he's not learned. How is he doing this? Well, mm-hmm. cause the Holy spirit is he, speaking. He, he made up his mind beforehand. <laughs> to let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does. Right. And the, and the difference of uh, of Peter from the Gospels to Peter from Acts is really that surrender to make up his mind to let the Holy Spirit work through him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Make up your mind ahead of time. Beforehand. And Jesus did. Mm-hmm. He made up his mind yeah. beforehand. When he gets to the garden, he says to God... He says to his father, hey, there's any other way, but not my will be done, but yours. Mm -hmm. He made up his mind beforehand that he was going to follow the will of his father. 
Yeah, and 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 his will of the father. So many different things this Holy Week, like flipping the tables or washing his disciples' feet. Yeah, or uh, you know, all the teachings, all of the teachings that I mean, he did. I think while there's multiple verses, uh, chapters in John of yeah. all these teachings, his prayers. But he was resolved to just be doing the will of the Father. Yep, set out resolutely. He had a plan. He had a mission. I just think sometimes we are too laissez-faire about how we walk our walk of faith and we would be better served and better servants if we made up our minds beforehand i'm gonna follow the holy spirit's lead Mm -hmm. i'm gonna let him defend me i'm gonna let him speak i'm gonna let him use the situations and circumstances that come up and when it fails it's probably because (laughs) i decided i needed to take over is that an overstatement? Maybe, but not as much as we think it is. Right. And God is smarter than us. And as we said multiple Amen. times on this, <laughs> we can close with this. We can trust him. Yes. We don't need to have the answer. We no. can, and really, we often don't when we think we do. Right. <laughs> but God really does. Like, he actually does know the way that this should play out. Right. And we and it's always different than we think it's going to be. Yeah. But it's always better. Yeah. Amen. And, you know, I don't think the disciples thought Holy Week when he entered into Jerusalem was going to play out the way that Not it played out. Not even a little bit. But what a blessing that we still receive from today through yeah. the death and resurrection of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Whew. Yeah. Whew. That, yeah. Good stuff. All right. So, and, so as you enter, you know, Palm Sunday, Holy Week, all of these things... Um, remember that it happened. I know we, sometimes we, we commercialize these holidays and we make them about what they're not, but really dive into the gospels, dive into the story of Holy Week, dive into the fact that these are real people. These mm-hmm. were real people. Jesus was a real person who lived on earth and did the things that he said he did. <sighs> wow. Good stuff. You kind of had your final thoughts. I did. I'm, 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 all right. I'm, we're ahead of the game. Or something. Finally. Something. I'm finally out of things to say. No, you're not. (laughs) But we're, we're, but we're, time is out, friends. So we're going to wrap this up. Thank you guys so much for listening. And again, have any questions, comments, anything, just reach out and uh, we can uh, definitely be there to answer. Uh, We're open to suggestions. So we're going to end with uh, one happy Palm Sunday. We'll come to you next week on Good Friday, which is going to be a rough one, but we'll get through it. Um, And remember, God blesses us. Why? So we can be blessings to others. We'll catch you guys next time.